Hi there, welcome to Visible Man. Today we are here with Mark Winston um, from Men's Shed. Men's Shed answers men's innate need for activity. It's a club, mainly for older guys. They have tools and materials for pursuing our interests and passions, for learning something new and sharing skills. They join to make stuff and tinker. They share a pot of coffee and a friendly atmosphere. And in the end, they make friends and discuss troubling health issues. It's best summarized as men don't talk face to face, we talk shoulder to shoulder. So I'm here with Mark Winston, who's a, a, a director of the US Men's Shed Association. Um, he's worked with Men's Shed, the Men's Shed movement in the US for over five years and helped start the second Men's Shed in Canada in 2014. Mark has been an entrepreneur for half his life and was a consultant in starting a new business, new businesses and raising venture capital. Mark's motto is, helping others is the best thing you can do for ourselves because we're stronger together. Hey Mark, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Jeffrey. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I um, good. when I think about um, what I think of Men's Shed, what I think it is, it sounds just mm-hmm. like an awesome place, like a, a place I'd like to hang out. Did I capture it pretty accurately with the stuff I grabbed from the website, or how would you describe it? Y- yes, you did. Um, men's sheds can come in all shapes and sizes. It's the guys who decide. Um, how it's going to be, what activities they're going to work on. It's a grassroots uh, kind of an ad hoc situation. Okay. okay? Um, It started in Australia in the mid nineties and grew from there. It is now in 14 countries around the world. There's approximately 3,500 men's sheds out there. Um, There are women who start men's sheds. There are now she sheds in the world for women. Um, yes, it, it started basically uh, for, let's say, retired folks. You know, when men retire, um, they start to lose their connections from work, you know, their social connections. And a lot of guys will say, man, I can't wait to retire. But two or three months into it, it's like they wake up and they go, now what am I going to do today? You know, that type of thing. So men's sheds were started to improve people's, uh, I want to say, mental you know, outlook on life and reduce suicide rates uh, because of it. And um, now I would say... Um, Yes, it started with, you know, uh, you know, older seniors, but it can be for men and women of all ages these days. Um, There's a lot of intergenerational work that's done in sheds, Mm -hmm. uh, teaching younger people, you know, hey, if you're supposed to be at work at 9 a.m., don't come floating in at 20 after 9, you know, and it teaches them discipline. Um, You know, some sheds, they build things. Uh, for the communities. Some sheds do volunteer work for the communities. It just depends on the group of people that come together. You know, we're here uh, more or less for people to contact us. Our board is comprised mostly of people who have started sheds like myself. So we've been there, we've done it, and now we're consulting with people um, all over you know, on, on starting sheds. I, I actually talk with a man, uh, Sylvester Gassana, who has started a shed in South Africa, believe it or not, and contacted us. 
you know. So um, it's it's good. We've we've watched people change their lives um, in a positive way due to men's sheds, and that's what keeps us involved, Jeffrey. That um, it sounds just like a great place to hang out. Um, when it, we I talked to a guy a few months ago uh, who studies men's health. And you're right. the The suicide rate among men, especially in middle to older years, is just sky high. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still a, a working guy, and I think about retirement, and I think I can't wait. But you know, the social connections are they're kind of the glue that kind of keeps you going. So I, I, I can see this type of place being really uh, comforting, a, a good place to be around. It's it, you know the. The term, you know, men don't speak face to face, they speak shoulder to shoulder, was originally quoted by Barry Goldie, who is also in Australia. He's written two books on men's sheds. I just want to put that out there. The first book uh, was published in 2015, and we used it as our encyclopedia when we started the men's shed movement in the U.S. His second book uh, was published in, I think, was October of last year. And uh, it takes the movement from 2015 to the present time and, and so forth. But, um, you know, going forward with this, it's really nice to see it growing. There are now sheds in Iceland and Norway, uh, believe it or not, which when we started in the U.S., they were not there. You know, mm. So it's good to see it spreading around the world and, and so forth. It really is. And that's a fairly short time frame. I mean, you've mentioned that Men's Shed started long ago, but just to have these books published in the last, what, seven years, it's a lot of good growth. Um, you mentioned an encyclopedia. When I think, okay, maybe answer this, this is kind of a general question. When I when I think philosophically about guys connecting shoulder to shoulder, um, is there a guide? Is, that, is it kind of a guidebook? for how to run a men's shed or is it kind of a philosophical capturing of how men work together or t- tell me more about like if it, the beginning of a men's less, shed, what that looks uh, like. It's more or less a philosophical uh, capture of how men work together, but it's got a lot of statistics in it as well. Uh, basically focused on Australia and what they have done, you know, what they did up to that point. Um, it doesn't really, uh, tell you the building blocks of how to start a shed, you know, because there is, there's a million different variables there on how to start a shed. Okay. Um, That's up to like uh, David Helmers, Barry Golding, myself, my board of directors, you know, that sort of thing to get people over the challenges. You know, when somebody, when somebody comes to us and they go, I'd like to start a shed. One of the first things I tell them is it would be good for you to find another person or two and form a steering committee. People that have the same values and and similar visions as yourself. Because starting a shed, whether it's a sponsored shed, which means it would be a shed in a senior activity center, let's say, or an independent shed, one that is not connected to um, anything, basically. They're just guys coming together. That 
depending on what your background in the work world was, you know, are you um, are you comfortable with going and knocking on the door of people that you've never seen or talked to before and talking about men's sheds? You know, are you comfortable with, um, you know, creating the entity itself? Are you comfortable with uh, some sheds are 501c3s? You know, and, and, and all of these challenges, sooner or later, people are going to run into. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, if, hey, if you've run Ford Motor Company, you're not going to have a problem. But if you haven't, perhaps there are questions that you're going to have. And that's why we're here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I'm, on, I'm on calls and uh, Zoom calls probably half dozen times a week, you know, with, with new people and people, you know, just starting off and even sheds that are maturing, you know, there's a growth um, factor in, in that, you know what I mean? Well, what do we do now? You know, that type of thing. During COVID in 20 and 2021, um, there were sheds that thought they wouldn't make it, you know what I mean? Because of where they were, and everybody's locked down and, and so forth. We have a shed in Florida uh, started by Steve Werner, who immediately went to Zoom calls, okay? And um, they ended up uh, keeping their shed together. They have people from Europe on the Zoom calls. It's, it's amazing what they have done. And each week they get together and they have a, a special topic they're going to talk about. Well, that kept everyone together. You know, and more and more people have joined that over time. So we we try to push that type of idea out there. Now, not everybody 60 plus or, you know, or older are are comfortable, you know, with technology and so forth. But, well, you know, we'll get you over the hump. We'll get mm-hmm. you there, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you need that. So, yeah, um, as you can see, there's almost no no boundary around this thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, boy, oh boy, you know, what can we do? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, whatever you can come up with, you know, that makes sense for, for your guys and your community. Um, the shed that I, that I helped start in BC eight years ago is now on certain days, the third busiest place in that town, other than the supermarkets. They are so into the community and doing good work for the community. It's amazing. We have a shed in Ruston, Louisiana, that does the same thing. Hmm. In Hawaii, there's a couple of sheds that do the same thing. It's amazing how it, it, it you know, the feelers go out and they integrate into the communities. Uh, and it, it's all good work, believe me. That's So if I were to walk into the, the shed that you started in D.C., Walk me through what that would look like. Do, are there guys sitting around having a cup of coffee? Are they getting together so that they can take a bus to do volunteering? Are they building They're, a okay. crib? Well, like, you know, it's it's funny. It's like right now there's probably about eighty or ninety members of that shed. Even if you have a hundred members of a shed, there's usually twenty five, thirty people that are there all the time. Okay, um, and the rest come for lunches or, or this and that. But the the shed that that I was uh, uh, with, you know, and and help start 
is now it, it's a shed that builds um, docks, boat docks for people on lakes. Uh, they started by doing flower boxes for women in the town. They had no idea where they were going with all of this. You know, they've built wheelchair ramps for buildings in that town, you know, and mm. uh, it's amazing all, all the things that they're doing. Uh, yes, you could go in for a cup of coffee. You don't have to do anything. There's no criteria to that. You can go in and sit around and just talk to people, you know, all day long. I'll, I'll tell you one story, and this is the story that um, keeps me at it, okay? Two months into that shed, uh, I, I knew of a fellow who was uh, clinically depressed, who, who never left his house, never left his house. Um, he started coming to the shed. About two months into the shed, he walks up to me one day. I thought he was going to shake my hand and we were going to talk about the weather, okay? He came up to me, he hugs me, and he goes, thank you for giving me my life back. Hmm. I almost fell on the floor, Jeffrey. That's I almost amazing. Fell on the floor. That is a story that is so ingrained in my brain. You know what I mean? That I've seen the difference. That fellow, to to this day, is opening that shed at least four days a week, you know, for people. And he would never come out of his house before that. And that is a true story. And that's the story whenever I need motivation, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I go to, you know what I mean, in my own head. Um, I, I've got a lot of other stories similar to that. You know, um, I visited a shed in Minnesota in 2018. I was going out and visiting some sheds. This shed was actually, the, it was the day they were going to go to the park that they adopted. Okay. So I go into the shed. It's like, well, today we're going to the park. Okay, fellas, I'm going to the park with you. You know, so we drove over to this park. This was in Hopkins, Minnesota. And, you know, we got we got out there in this park, and it's like, it's a beautiful park. There might be a stick here, a leaf there. <laughs> there were like 16 guys. I, you know, we walked around the park for a couple of hours. I got a chance to talk with each man. Um, and let me tell you something. They could have either been there, or they could have been selling ice cream or rotating tires on people's cars. <laughs> The magic of that afternoon is they were all together because mm -hmm. of that shed. And if they weren't there, they would have been at home taking naps. Who knows what? You, you know what I mean? Watching television, um, you know, you know, basically, you know, waiting for the day to end. But the, you could feel the positive energy in that uh, just in walking around you know, that day. It was, it was palpable, Jeffrey. That sounds, uh, the guys that, uh, um, well, when I've connected with a guy, uh, and there's a couple guys in my life right now that they're not doing great. And um, it, like you said, it's not face to face. I, I, I can, some of the guys I can see myself sitting down with a cup of coffee face to face going, are you okay? You know, most of the time it goes better when I do what you just described when I'm, Hey, can you help me? Like you said, rotating tires or, or building flower beds. And then something, you know, comes out like, you know, how's your breakup going? Like, how are you, how are you holding up? And it's just like a sentence or two because guys, I, I, a lot of times when I introduce 
visible man, I say men suck at sharing feelings <laughs> because we, re- you know, it's, it's very hard for us to open up. So this sounds like it's a really nice, um, icebreaker. It's like a, like a very strong community. <clears throat> Sheds are safe places for guys. Okay. Guys, you know, have more health problems than women. Guys live about five years uh, less than women, you know, uh, longitudinally, you know, if you take a study like that, they will bottle things up inside. They don't want to appear fragile to either their friends or their family. This especially is true if they're feeling a little depressed or anxious, okay? They start going to a shed. The shed, they, they, they make friends in the shed. Many sheds have speakers that come in. They talk about health issues, finance issues, legal issues for seniors and so forth. Even after those speakers leave days and weeks later, that that creates conversations between the guys. Hmm. Defenses go down. They feel more comfortable. The next thing they're helping each other, you know, it's like, well, I, you know, I've got to go to the doctor and, and check my prostate or, or something of that nature. All right, Phil, I'll go with you. you. You know what I mean? And, and they have camaraderie, camaraderie builds out of it, the safeness that they can then start to talk about, you know, my wife passed away two years ago. I haven't gotten over that. They don't talk to people like this, you know, out in, in the real world, but the shed will bring that out in them and in the in in the end of the day they are actually helping each other stay healthier whether it's mentally or physically or both through through that process yeah i i could see that um what is it i know in the introduction i said it's mainly for older guys but what is the what's a typical makeup of a men's shed um Probably, I want to say 70, 75% are retired guys, okay? Um, Ruston, Louisiana, for instance, has uh, people in their 30s, their 40s. Half of of their uh, membership are women down there, you know? Um, It's amazing. And they have, don't quote me on this, but like every other week they have a day that just the women go to the shed and they'll make things or they'll do this or they'll do that. You know, otherwise they integrate, you know, but between the two, you know, uh, you know, during the week and and so forth. But um, in Australia right now, they have uh, 1,257 sheds who are members and 120 she sheds down there. And the she shed thing has come subsequent to the men's sheds. And it, I think it helps women in the same way, you know, that, that type of. Thing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it seems that women are much better at finding, uh, or at least relating and, and having social connections and guys are, but, um, it also seems that women are an integral part of men's mental health because they can be a good channel for us to open up to. We go home to them, you know, m- many of us, um, and uh, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like having women involved in a men's shed is just can only help everybody else, I think. A lot of women are motivators for men to get out of the house and go do something. It's like, okay, you've retired. You sit around the house all, all day. 
go out and, and do something, you know, and the men's shed provides that uh, opportunity to do that, you know, and um, <laughs> one of our board members, that, that's, he started the shed because his wife said, stop playing golf <laughs> every day and get and go do something else, you know, right. so he yeah. did. Yeah. Now he's on our board. So it's, it's kind of neat how that worked. Yeah. So what got you into it? Um, it's funny. I was doing, um, I was living between British Columbia and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, I was doing a lot of, uh, work in both countries. I was on a board of directors in British Columbia called Community Futures. Uh, I was on that board in 2012 and they started talking about men's sheds. And it's like, okay, well, what's a men's shed? You, you know what I mean? So we did some research. We found out as much as we could. Then we forgot about it for a while. Then in 2014, you know, I, I was traveling back and forth. And they, you know, they said, Mark, will you help us? You know, we can get this, uh, you know, we can try to put a men's shed together. At that time, also, I, I was running an historical society, and we had access to buildings on the grounds. So we had also we had a cafe there. I got to tell you the story that was famous for making homemade pies and, you know, and, you know, coffee and so forth. So we had the original meeting at the cafe, free pie and coffee. We had about 40 guys show up. Okay. And the next thing, you know, you got to have that pie out there. For that <laughs> Dude, free food. Show up. It's, it helps. You know, hey, every, time, yeah. every single time, man. So th th they decided, all right, let's do this. So I gave them space in two of the buildings that were on the grounds there, and they started. Um, since then, they've outgrown that. I knew the owner of, an, of another building in town. The building is 9,200 square feet. They've taken over the whole thing, Jeffrey. Oh, my god! The gosh. whole bloody thing. And they've got a big parking lot outside that could handle 100 cars if they wanted. So it's perfect. They have since purchased that building through grants and and and, and so forth. Um, and like I say, it on certain days, it's the third busiest place in that town. It's so amazing. So a 9,000-square-foot men's shed... It, like with full of stuff and, and guys doing things. Yes. And what they've done is part of what they've done is they'll take in like um, older furniture and fix it up mm -hmm. and so forth and then resell it at a much lower price than, than, than you could get. And they started with uh, appliances, fixing those and so forth. They just had a, a, a lot of very talented mechanical people that could do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and the, you know, they, they, they have literally been floating that boat now for eight years, you know, and now they're at the point where they're doing boat docks for people. About three years ago, they started doing that. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of lakes around and a lot of water around them. So it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what, what they have done. And, when I look at that and I look at some of the sheds, um, you know, in the U S it's, it's amazing what they're doing because they're following suit on that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, 
it's wonderful. It's wonderful for the people involved in the shed. It's wonderful for the people in the communities that they serve, you know, and, you know, getting, getting back to um, what, what you said about women and what we talked about. If, if it is a sponsored shed, it would usually be in a, a um, senior activity center or someplace like that, right? Senior activity centers have 105 things for gals to do, mm-hmm. seven things for guys to do that they don't do at all. You know what I mean? They're not going to line dance. They're not going to go to the <laughs> quilting niche. You know what I mean? Um, but when when somebody approaches a sponsored shed, and I, I know some sponsors, and, and they have sheds in them, um, the sponsor looks at this as an added, an add-on value to their center because all of a sudden mm-hmm. guys are coming there. Now, depending on insurance and this and that, what, what can they do and so forth? But a lot of sponsored sheds do a lot of volunteer work, you know what I mean, and, and build, um, you know, like little mobile libraries for their towns and, and, and things like this. Um, one, one shed works with the police youth league, you know what I mean? And then they go to the uh, local soup kitchen, you know, every other Thursday for three hours and they volunteer there. Here again, it doesn't matter what they're doing, but they're doing it together. Yeah. And the camaraderie is there and the friendship is there and the positive energy is there. So, yeah. Yes. And this is all volunteer driven, volunteer based, right? Yes. Is there a membership um, fee or anything for men's shed? Yeah, but it depends on the shed. It okay. can be as low as $20 a year. It can be $20 a month. Mm-hmm. You know, that somebody has to be buying the coffee and the tea and the this and the that. And, and it depends on how the guys want it structured. You know, there's no golden rule to this. You, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know there is one shed out there that they actually have a paid fellow that is there maybe 30 hours a week that they know is going to be there, you know, but it's, you know, it's no King's ransom by any means, Mm -hmm. but 99% of it is all volunteer work. Yes. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Um, so just a a couple questions. Um, do you have to bring anything like, um, it's all yourself. Yeah, you don't have to bring tools or supplies or nothing like that. If it's if it's a, a shed that builds things, we have a second shed in Hawaii right now that is going to build a lot of stuff and so forth. They send out notices to the community. There's a lot of people that have a garage full of tools that they haven't used for 15 years. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, I can give these to people who will actually utilize them and they feel good about it. And the shed is like very grateful that they're receiving it, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that type of thing. So it, it just depends. Here again, there's no, uh, you know, parameters around it. It's like, what what are the needs? Let's fulfill the needs of the guys in the shed itself. So, okay. um, and, and here again, when they ask the community around them for things, they're slowly integrating into that community. And then yeah. the community finds out, well, what's this Benchet thing? Let's mm-hmm. go check that out. You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So it's symbiotic in, in, in its 
in its core. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's you mentioned there's two different kinds. There's a sponsored kind where it might be at like a retirement facility or another location, and then there's an independent kind. Is there any difference in how they're set up? Is it kind of the same? Thing, yes, there's just in there's locations. There's quite a big a big difference. Uh, I was involved in an independent shed. And uh, luckily, in, in the beginning, you know, I had control over the building, so they could just, you know, go in there and do what they wanted. But most independent sheds, um, people have to look at the building. You know, there's probably, it's owned by somebody. A lot of times, counties and municipalities have a lot of underutilized buildings, okay? Uh, the first shed in Hawaii was one uh, by the water that the uh, state owned and nobody was using it. So they went in there and the state said, hey, it, it's 6,000 square feet, by the way. And they said, hey, if you come in and you make sure everything is working and, you know, if something breaks, this and that, you know, and just pay the utilities. Well, that worked out beautifully. That was the first shed in the U.S., uh, that was started by a fellow named Glenn Sears. Hmm. And um, it, it's still, it's, I, I, geez, I think they have 130 members or something like that. It's incredible what's going wow. on there. Wow. I'm going to have to go to Hawaii and visit that shed. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds pretty awesome. I got to admit, just like a, a, a shed in Hawaii by the water where you can build stuff. I mean, come on. That's just like, yeah. who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. I, I know. Now there's two sheds out there, right? You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's growing, you know, it's, it's going along and it, it's pretty amazing. That's really, awesome. How it, it does. You know, in Minnesota, um, a fellow named Phil Johnson started the first shed in Minnesota, which was the second shed in the U S and um, now there are 10 sheds in Minnesota. So you can see how it, you know, it kind of, you know, spreads out and in, in, in so forth. A good idea. People want to want to follow a good idea. You know, yeah. so um, we're looking. We we are looking for that kind of growth all across the U.S. Um, COVID, you know, threw a wet blanket on it for a couple of years, mm. but that's you know that's abating. So uh, we're going to go forward now. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I mentioned this before, but it's. Men's suicide, especially in this demographic, is kind of a silent killer um, because it's not something that we talk about. You don't see ads for it. There's a, a lot of important political things going on, but men's suicide, the numbers are incredibly high. And things like this are sort of like this substrate of strength that you can give to guys that just shoulder to shoulder of just, like you said, the story that you mentioned, it kind of gave me chills because that guy literally could be here today because of what you've done. And that's not going to make the news necessarily, but it, the fact that he found that strength, it, it's just awesome. It's just really cool. It, it, it is. And, what, you know, other countries that are far ahead of the U.S., and I'm going to say Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, they're working with this. In England, uh, back in 2017, they appointed a minister of loneliness, okay, because of just what you said, guys not doing anything, guys committing suicide, guys drinking all day long, you know, all of those things it came into it. Um, those countries, uh, you know, or Ireland, for inst instance, uh, in 2012, 
I well, maybe it was 2010 they started, but by 2012, you know, the Irish were uh, kind of in a recession, you know, that type of thing, and sheds really kept those people together. Mm. Right now in Ireland, there are like 450 sheds. Ireland is commensurately about the size of Minnesota, about the same population, 5 million people, 450 sheds. It's unbelievable. If you go to Ireland or you go to Australia or Scotland or one of those countries that have been doing it for a long time and talk about sheds, they'll tell you where to go to the nearest shed. If you talk about men's sheds in the U.S., you get the deer in the headlights look. You know what I mean? It's... It's a steep hill we're climbing, but it's for the very same reason that we are climbing it, okay? Um, the, the point is we need more outreach going on, you know, and we've been working on this for, you know, five years now, but it's it's hard. It, it's pushing a rock up a hill, but we're doing it, but it's uh, it has its challenges. Why do you think it's hard particularly here in the U.S. compared to the other countries you mentioned? I think the U.S. moves normally probably five times faster than these other countries, you know, uh, on any given day. Um, The governments in these other countries have recognized the fact that healthcare costs are being lowered by sheds. Suicide rates are, are lowering because of sheds. The U.S. doesn't get that yet. Okay, Um, we you know, I hear my opposite numbers in like Ireland or England or Australia. They tell me when, you know, people from the U.S. are over there looking at their sheds, thinking this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. They come back to this country and nothing happens. Well, yeah, I'll tell you a story. Um, You know, uh, Vivek Murthy was in uh, uh, England. Okay, and went to several sheds. My opposite number over there, Mike Jen, told me, man, he he loves this. He he was the Surgeon General under Obama. He is now the Surgeon General again. I've tried for a year and a half to get him on the phone. I can't do it. So I, you know, and I, I'm not going to go into the politicalness of everything, but you know, it's like, come on, guys. You know, I mean, here. Here, we really need this, you know, just as much as any other country. We have a population much greater than all these other countries and so forth. But, you know, it's like we're still working at it and we're still growing sheds. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's an all-volunteer basis. Everything uh, we've done, we paid for ourselves out of our own pockets uh, to keep this movement going. And uh, we would love... To, to get some recognition out there, to get, you know, to get some help. You know what I'm saying? We could do so much more, but anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully this can help get the word out. I'm, I'm really Thank hoping you. that. Um, we've had a couple questions. I'd like to switch over to those. You bet. Uh, how, how do younger guys get involved? Is there a space for younger guys? Yes. They just come in. You know, uh, one of the things with, with younger guys is, they usually have jobs that they have to be at. Do you, you know what I mean? A lot of times. So it's like, if you work nine to five, it's like, can I come to the shed on the weekends? But just show up. It, it You know, in in Hawaii, the first shed had, had guys in their 20s in there. 
guys in their 20s, guys in their 80s, but they all enjoyed themselves. So just, you know, come to a shed and you will be welcomed. It is inclusive of everyone. Um, if that helps answer that question, it, Jeff. It, it does. It absolutely does. It um, it makes me think of how so, men socialize by having we we kind of shape each other by being around each other. Just having the younger guys around the older guys. You're like, this isn't appropriate. You just do this. You don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it sounds very uh, similar to that. Yeah, I, it, it it's coaching. You know, mm-hmm. we're all here to learn something or teach something. In the shed, learning and teaching is is part of the everyday everyday operation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. My grandfather died by suicide. I was not even aware of men's sheds until recently. Do you have any suggestions on how we can get our loved ones to at least check out a men's shed? Uh, talk to them. Start talking about men's sheds. Direct them to our website. Um, direct them to contact us. We're happy. I'm talking to people every week, every day of every week, you know, about sheds and, and so forth. Um, we are totally committed to this movement. You know, we are mission centric, you could say. All right. And um, I know that it has changed lives. I've seen it change lives. It's not, well, maybe it does or, you know, we'll see what happens. No, no, no. It does change lives. I've seen it. I've visited different sheds. I've felt the energy come out of that, which is good for everyone. You know, I was just on a uh, conference with the Men's Health Caucus in Washington, excuse me, in Washington, D.C. last Thursday. Um, You know, there are a lot of studies being done internationally on suicide and, you know, what, what affects men and, and so forth. We are dying for data that, that we can uh, have ourselves in the U.S. You know, Johns Hopkins, uh, you know, that's just an example. I, I know the fellow who's the chair of the American Suicidology Association, Tony Wood. He and I have talked many times. He's, they're dying for information like this, you know, literally, you you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we need to get help, get the word out there. So talk to people in your family, you know, have them go to the website. We will help them get started, you know, on sheds. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I can say. Okay. Actually, it's funny you say that because the next question was, how do we spread the word about the organization? You know, when we started, um, we started this basically up and running in 2017, okay? Um, in November of 2016, John Evoy, who was the president of the International Menshed Organization at the time, got myself, Phil, and Glenn on the phone together, okay, and said, you've got to bring the movement to the U.S., all right. So it's like, and I, and I told him, John, I don't have time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I, I, I went back to Wyoming and I was finishing a project there. And, and it was, it was December and it was snowing sideways, no meetings, nobody was going anywhere. So I thought about this fellow, 
in British Columbia. And I said, okay. So I contacted the Secretary of State's office in Wyoming, and we started the U.S. Benchette Association. Okay. Then about 10 days later, another blizzard. Nobody's doing anything. I applied for the 501c3 for us, and I asked Phil and Glenn to serve on the board. They said yes. So we were off. In, in 2017, uh, I'm getting to, your, to answer your question. Yeah. It's a kind of a journey. In 2017, um, it kind of felt like it was our hobby a little bit. You know, we were trying to figure out what, how to do this, what we were going to do. I started talking to David Helmers. So I didn't have to reinvent the, the wheel again, you know, that type of thing. Uh, in 2018, a couple of things happened. The Washington Post did an article on men's sheds in Australia and the fledgling movement in the U.S., okay? Boom! A gazillion people contacted us. They all wanted to join a shed, not start a shed, but they contacted us nonetheless. Then a couple of months later, one of the producers of the Today Show contacted me and wanted to, because of that article, wanted to do an, a, you know, a show or an episode on, uh, on a shed. So they, they decided on the Grand Traverse, uh, Traverse Michigan shed uh, run by a fellow named Jim Novak. And they did that a couple of months later. It aired. Boom! <laughs> a, a gazillion people contact us again. The hobby at that point turned into a job, okay? Now it's a real job that we've got, okay? Because um, of COVID in 20 and 20, in 2020 and 2021, you know, we had, um, now what are we going to do? You know, it, it seemed like in the beginning of 2020, it was like, what now? So we, you know, we looked into ourselves we redid our website. We looked at our governance articles, constitution bylaws, you know, re-examined those, made some changes, started some sheds, helped sheds that didn't think they were going to make it. Okay. So the hobby that turned into a job became a serious job at this point, you know, and now we've come out of it and we've got a lot of momentum. People are contacting us every week, you know, That's these awesome. days. That's exciting. You know, and I just want it to keep going. The momentum, the more people that know about it, the more help we can get in, in starting it, you know. And I, I have to tell you, um, out of uh, the sheds we have, we have four women who have started sheds. OK, and there's one gal in Vermont. She's gotten a small grant. She wants to start six men's sheds up there. She's got her hands full. Okay, yeah. starting one shed, you you have your hands full until it it's up and going and operating. You have the help to, to manage it. Okay, um, so it, it it's phenomenal. You know some of these stories that you know I can really elaborate on a lot. Yeah. You know it's like wow. You know it's it's fantastic. Um, it's, what's going on? It's. Uh, I'm hoping that we can keep the momentum going with you guys. I hope that we you know we can be a reason that people look into it more. Um, I guess that's my final question. If, if I wanted to start a men's shed, or if somebody listening to this wants to, how would they go about that? They want to contact me, uh, Mark at usmensheds.org, uh, or, you know, call me on the phone, 
307-920-8710. Okay. Um, you know, I will take the call. Uh, if I don't answer the phone, I will call you back. You know what I mean? If you email me and I don't answer the email in 19 seconds, that doesn't mean <laughs> I'm not going to call you back or, or right. email you back. You know, mm-hmm. it just means I'm busy, you know, but we are, um, we're working a lot with the Men's Health Network in Washington, D.C., run by Jimmy Boyd. He has been a, uh, a blessing to us. You know, we just had that one conference with the uh, Men's Health Caucus. There's other uh, uh, places we're at and we're talking and they're talking to us. Um, they want to start a men's health department under HHS and we're pushing to have that done. Um, Congressman Payne has a bill that he wants to present to Congress. Jimmy Boyd has been in front of Congress talking about men's health. He's been to the White House several different times over several administrations talking about men's health. Um, it's a fantastic relationship that we have with them at this point. You know, so as as time goes forward, you know, we're our little tentacles are getting out there to a degree, you know, that type of thing, but yeah. still a long way to go. And this, you know, this podcast, you know, is going to help a great deal, Jeffrey. You know, I really have to say thank you for this. Absolutely. And thank you to April Foreman who put us together. Yes, I met people. April and Tony a couple of weeks ago. We had breakfast. No kidding. We did. We did. Yeah. Through, um, they introduced me to you. We talked on the phone and I got yeah. to meet April and Tony in person. Just wonderful people doing great things. Fantastic. That yeah. is fantastic. See, see, yeah. it's the you tentacles know, are just you spreading know, around. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. But, you know, it's we're in the same we're after the same thing. You know, we want guys to uh, feel connected and seen and important and valued and save lives. And that's what Men's Shed is about. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm with you 100 percent. Great. Well, I appreciate you being here with us today, Mark. Is there anything that I missed that you want people to know about Men's Shed? There's a whole lot of stuff that we could talk about. You know, maybe we'll have to do this again in six months or something okay. like that. But, um, you know, it's just it's a place for everyone. It's a safe harbor in the storm. I think it's a bright light in a dark world at the moment out there. You know what yeah. I mean? It helps people. It, it, it rebuilds uh, emotional and mental well-being. You know what I mean? People feel better about themselves and their communities. I think it's um, it, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon that, that started. And it started in Australia. Now here it is. So, yeah. yes. I'm excited to find out more and, uh, and look more into it with you. So you thanks bet. for being here you today. With I'm us, always Mark. available, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for today. Really. Absolutely. And all the information that you mentioned, the, uh, your email, the website, we'll put it into the show notes so that people can find it after the fact. They could just click on it and they'll be in touch with you guys if they want to be. So we'll make it very accessible. Um, thank you. So thanks thank again, Mark. Um, thanks for joining. And thanks for joining us here, Invisible Man. Um, you can find this and all of our previous discussions on YouTube uh, and all the other uh, major podcast platforms. Be sure to join us on our Discord server where we have daily discussions on men's mental health and where you can interact live with our guests like Mark here today and where we invite you to help us help men become seen. 
Thank you so much, Jeffrey. It's very appreciated. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation. I let go of trying to control things that I had no control over, and that helped me find peace of mind. Alcoholism is a disease that can affect any family. Everyone suffers, but there is help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. I was constantly stressed and worried. Now I approach each day with joy and gratitude. In Al-Anon, families and friends of alcoholics find new ways to heal from the effects of a loved one's drinking. Al-Anon gave me my life back. I'm a better father and husband. Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Local and virtual meetings are available. Maybe one could work for you. For information, call 1-866-200-0033 or visit alanon.org slash hope.